Hello and welcome to Grade 7 Talk Experts, a podcast where Grade 7 students talk to experts and find out more about their specialty. I am your host for this episode, Carter Lane, and I am a student of Inet College Park School in Leominster, Alberta. Before we get to our expert for this episode, I just want to share a little bit about who we are and what we will be doing in our podcast. We are a class of 24 grade 7 students in a non-traditional classroom setting where we are focusing on Experience. Experience basic. Experience based. Based. Learn using a STEAM approach. That's STEAM, which stands for science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. We want to answer that age old question of why do I have to learn this by brain connecting? what we study inside the classroom with the world outside the school. For our podcast, students will, students will be calling an expert that they know in their lives. This person could be an expert in their job or in a hobby. So I am pleased to introduce our expert for this episode, who is an expert on house construction, Craig Lane. Let's start by getting to know. Please tell us about yourself. Um, yeah, as you said, my name is Craig Lane. Um, I grew up in Lloyd. We moved here when I was four years old. I lived with my mom and dad, uh, my sister. Um, through high school and when I was younger, I enjoyed building stuff. I'd go back to the farm lots and we'd build forts in the woods and everything like that there. Um, when I graduated high school, I uh, got a job uh, about eight months later, starting to build houses um, here in Lloyd. Um, with the booming economy at that time, it was really easy to have uh, lots of work. Um, I framed for 16 plus years um, before I moved into um, an office line of work with Nelson Homes. Um, during them 16 years, um, I got married, had two children, uh, still live in Lloyd to this day. Um, it's a wonderful place. Um, yeah, and that's a little bit about myself. How many people were in your family growing up? Um, there was my father, uh, my mother, and uh, my sister. Uh, my father, he actually worked in road construction for several years. Um, and then um, he became a long-haul trucker, had his own kind of his own business with his brother-in-law and they worked together for several years. Uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She ran me everywhere for sports and school and that kind of stuff. And my sister was four years younger than me. So there's a little bit of an age separation there, but we got along really well uh, for all our years. Um, and now currently I have uh, my wife and I have two boys and uh, we do lots of, run- lots of running around with them for their athletics, and uh, my wife is a school teacher, so I kind of 
understand a bit in the classroom that goes on too. And I have two boys. Uh, one loves to bowl and one loves to uh, play hockey. Who is in your family now? Um, as, as I just said, I have a beautiful wife, Kendra. Um, two boys, Carter and Caden. They uh, love sports. Um, they uh, keep us really busy and uh, we enjoy doing a lot of family stuff together. What did you do for fun? For fun? Um, I like to, especially in the summertime, I like to play a lot of uh, softball with friends. Uh, we go to some tournaments and that out of town. Family comes along for some of them. Um, the winter time, um, it's a lot of traveling. We watch um, a lot of the youngest boys play hockey. Um, we watch a lot of uh, the older boy Carter play our bowl. Um, other things I like to do for fun. Um, I, in the win winter time, I guess I play recreational volleyball uh, with some friends, so that's kind of nice to get out and do. Um, I just I enjoy watching hockey too on TV, so that kind of stuff. I guess I'd say for fun. Did you live in Lloydminster as a kid? What was it like? Um, I moved to Lloyd when I was four. Uh, we lived on the farm for the first four years of my life, and then uh, we moved to Lloyd. Um, as a kid growing up, I went to school at uh, Queen Elizabeth School here in Lloydminster uh, for my elementary years. Um, it was actually quite unique because a lot of the kids there that were my friends uh, actually grew up on farms north of town, so it was fun to go out and, and see what they had. Um, and then uh, my junior high years, I went to ES Laird here. Um, did a lot of uh, school sports at ES Laird. Did a lot of, uh, actually I, I bowled at that time. We did a lot of uh, bowling too. Um, high school years, uh, didn't play as many school sports. Um, however, we did do a, I did do some traveling with uh, my out of school stuff. Um, the schools were a lot smaller then, like classroom sizes. Um, there wasn't nearly as many students as there is in the classroom now. I was, especially elementary, there was like 20 students in a class. And then junior high, they got a little bigger. And even high school, they were only, you'd average 24, 25 kids in a class. So it's quite small compared to what you see now. Um, in high school, I took a lot of uh, construction classes on uh, building and that kind of stuff. And actually built a lot of, uh, a lot of cabinets, um, not cabinets, I guess, projects that um, are actually in um, my parents' home to this day. Um, there's still a few of them there. So, yeah, that was kind of growing up in Lloyd. Um, I still got a lot of friends I grew up with in school. Um, so it's, it's good. Did you do chores as a kid? And if so, what were they? Chores as a kid? Um, well, I know um, when dad, especially in my teen years, um, my dad was gone more um, when he changed to truck driving. Um, I did a lot of snow shoveling at home, uh, mowing the grass. Um, I did a lot of mowing the grass actually in the neighborhood too. Um, I, I did the chores at home. I, I did them because at that time I was the man of the house. Dad was gone a lot. Um, some of the neighbors, we lived where we lived at that time, the there were some little old ladies around and I'd mow their grass for $5 and stuff. So a little bit of pocket change as a young teenager was nice. What was school like for you when you were younger? 
Uh, school was, I'm trying to remember, that was a long time ago. Uh, um, elementary, like I said, we had small class sizes, so we were all really close. Um, like they all, we all knew each other really well. We were all close friends. And then um, when junior high came, it was weird transitioning into that. I know you guys don't really get to transition to a new school because you're all here at College Park, but it's a weird transition phase because there's maybe some kids that you don't know coming in and it's a di different atmosphere. But it was really it was really easy because, the, like I said, class sizes weren't big. So, you know, it was, it was unique. But um, for you guys, it may be a little different, but for me it was... It was kind of easy to transition over. Um, yeah, that's school was. It was. I don't know. I can't really say because I don't remember a lot about it. I remember a lot of the extra stuff, the sports and the and the uh, athletic side of things and stuff that we did on on weekends with sports teams. But the uh, curriculum stuff, not so <laughs> not so rememberable on that. What do you do for a job? What is your job title? My job title, uh, right now I work for uh, Nelson Homes Division. Um, I'm a sales coordinator for the ready to move homes side. So I coordinate all of the um, product um, right from the um, framing materials, shingle materials, insulation, drywall, uh, finishing materials. I make sure that they're all ordered in a timely manner, and they get um, they get to us before we need them, so that we're not delayed on building our our jobs. What are some things you have to do in your job? Um, so one one thing is uh, main thing is is I I got to set up the job after a salesman sells it. Um, once he makes the sale, um, I start a process where I send emails off to um, others that uh, get a design process going because all of our houses are uh, panelized. So they panelize the walls into different sections. So I really got to get a jump start on that because if there's um, other salesmen selling jobs, so we want to get our houses in there as quickly as possible so that. Um, we can get ahead of others because if there's delays um, in a job, then uh, it's going to hold up the entire build process. So getting that in is, is crucial so that we can get uh, product and design back quickly so we can get started on projects. And then once a project starts going, um, once I get signed documentation from a, a homeowner of, of what they're installing on the exterior of their home, or in the interior of their home, um, I need to get product ordered in a timely fashion because there's some items that can have several uh, lead times, like they can be eight to 12 weeks uh, before the product is shipped to Lloydminster. Um, some of it has to be custom built, so we need to make sure and have it ordered quickly. Um, items like that are, are really crucial um, because um, certain items could hold up a job for several weeks if they're not there in time. So I got to be very um, diligent in getting items quickly so that um, we can get houses out in a, in a timely manner to homeowners because a homeowner is usually expecting to, you know, they want to live in their house sooner rather than later and they may have other issues where 
they have to be leaving a, a residence that they're in now too. So we have to be very quick on the, that kind of stuff. What do you have to know in order to do your job? You, you have to know a lot uh, in the housing industry and there's a lot um, right from the kind of footings that you put your house on um, to the floor system to the the towel bars that hang in your bathroom. There are a lot of items in a home. Um, there's many crucial items that um, people never see that's behind the drywall, that's in the attic, that's in the floor systems, that's underneath the concrete slab. And that's all part of, of what we need to know to make sure that your, your house is built on a stable foundation with, a, with the proper um, product, the proper... Um, uh, the proper concrete, all that stuff, it's all crucial um, for the life cycle of your home because if you, if you start with a bad foundation or a bad, um, I, I always like to call it the bad guts, the stuff that people don't see. Um, if, you, if it's bad behind the, the drywall, you're gonna have trouble down the, down the road and when there's trouble down the road, it, it's just a giant can of worms for everybody. Um, a homeowner, the builder. So um, I know uh, in my days before I worked um, in the office and I framed, I always built a house as if it was my own because you you wouldn't want a mechanic to only half fix your brakes. So my motto always was build a house like it is your own, that you're going to live in it because that way it'll be done the way you would want it. So I'm going to ask Brooke to come up to ask her question. Hello, I'm Brooke, and what is the process, process of building a house? The process of building a house, so usually um, you have a client, somebody who's purchased a home, um, they'll have property or um, land. So if it's a ready to move house, is a house that we can build um, like here in Lloyd and then ship it on uh, semi beams to a foundation. So if, if they're building, We'll, we'll go with a style like that. That's um, right now what we're, we're more selling. Um, so they would usually have land. They would come and, and talk to a salesman and get all of their, they would pick their house they wanted. The salesman would price them a home. Um, then once they have a price, um, they need to get financing through a bank because a home is a humongous purchase for anybody. Um, so once a finance letter has come back that um, they are approved, um, we will start building their house. Um, so while we're building their house, um, I'm sending stuff for design. Um, we usually get design back quite quickly. Um, then we start, we start building the house and when we start building the house, um, our interior design lady that I work with, she will call them in and they will start picking colors for siding, shingles, um, interior stuff. Um, so that process moves along quite, quite well. Um, during that time too, um, the homeowners are usually talking to outside contractors to come and dig a hole for their basement, to build their basement, um, all of that stuff. Um, once, once they have all that and they get their basement going, we're usually moving quite well along on the house process um, about halfway through. Um, they get their house, their foundation completed while we're building their home. Um, so we start with the framing, 
then the plumbing. Uh, they'll come back and do an electrical walkthrough with our um, site supervisor, an electrician, and our interior design person. Um, then we, once the electrical is done, we start insulating, drywalling. Um, then the interior finish goes in. Um, then we have uh, painting, flooring happens. Um, any tile work at that time needs to get done too. Um, and then we have finals where the finisher goes back in, the plumber goes back in. Um, the finisher will put on things like your cabinet handles, your door handles, hang your doors. Um, plumbers will go in, put your taps, your sinks, your toilets in a home. Um, once the house is complete, we have it cleaned. And then um, we have a moving company that comes, loads the house onto um, semi-beams and will transport your home to its uh, permanent location. And um, we've had houses uh, travel into northern Alberta. We've had them going to northern Saskatchewan, southern Saskatchewan. Um, pretty much we cannot deliver into BC with a home, um, but Saskatchewan and Alberta is fair game. So it, it usually takes, um, sometimes people can take up to a year before they decide on the exact house they want like they are very particular and the next person could come in and um, within two three weeks they've picked a home um, and once pretty much once they sign off on their their drawings and everything we get their finance letter um, we can have houses to them within five months easily um, so it, it can be a quick process um, it can be stressful for some but um, most of the time we try to make it as stress-free and enjoyable for all so Thank you. You're welcome. It is very long. <laughs> and it's a long process. It is a long process. Yeah. Oh, you meant the process was long, not the answer. <laughs> no, it is, a, it is a long process. How has your job changed in the past few years? In the past few years? Uh, that's a really good question because um, during the boom in the early 2000s, um, there were houses going up quite quickly. Um, and now... Um, there's been issues seen. Um, there's been issues with some condos in, in Fort McMurray over the years um, with improper engineering and improper inspections. So there's a new warranty system called National Home Warranty where it, it really puts the um, builder and the purchaser, um, it, gives, it gives the purchaser some um, security because the builder can be on the hook for certain uh, imperfections that are on a home. Um, all our houses that we build as a ready to move carry the new home warranty package. And um, when houses move, once the, the house has been, once the basement um, is completed and they've got their water and, and power hooked up um, and their occupancy permit, we go there to do an inspection with a, a member of a home warranty group and we, any of the uh, imperfections that we need to fix are noted and then any of the imperfections that are on the homeowner's side if they've built their own foundation need to be fixed um, it's all noted on a form and we have to adhere to that and we have to complete those imperfections within a certain date so it it gives the homeowner some security that um, they are covered and um, that's a big thing with the with the home warranty um, another thing is zonings um, there's been um, there is now zones in a province. So Alberta and Saskatchewan have four different zones. They have an eight, a seven B, a seven A, and a six. 
Um, and in those zones, you have to build the certain regulations um, with your insulation. Um, insulation is a big one, your R values. Um, another thing is the kind of windows uh, you put in them, depending on the, um, the tint on your windows or the glazing on your windows. So you have to be very um, aware of where the home is going. I am going to ask Parker to come up and ask his question. Hi, I'm Parker, and how do you get <clears throat> how do you get heat inside your oh, how do you get heat inside a house? Inside a house? Yeah. Okay, so um, for the ready to move side, when we um, are drywalling them, we need heat in them. Uh, we install just uh, two twenty heaters. We run a heater cord up through a register vent that's cut in the floor system to heat the homes to do them. Um, on location here before they ship. But once they ship, um, uh, homeowners put in a furnace um, to heat their homes, just like is in every house. Um, we do um, a model called a self-contained house where we install uh, furnaces in them. Uh, they can have an electric or a gas furnace installed in them. Um, we, also, um, yeah, we also have a, hmm, I can't remember what that is now, but um, so yeah, the, the furnaces on a, on a ready to move home, a lot of them are installed uh, once they move. So that's installed by an outside company. Um, if we have them installed here, um, I usually coordinate with uh, Lloydminster Plumbing and Heating who do all our, our plumbing work and they will bring a furnace out and have it installed. But when it comes to heating our ready to move homes, they're not really heated until they're moved, but we have to have heat in them for certain stages so they don't so that the mud and tape set up correctly at that time. But um, I know HRV units are um, becoming very popular uh, in them. Um, tomorrow I'm actually going to a session on them. So I'd have more knowledge tomorrow on that for you, Parker. But um, I'm, I'm giving you the best knowledge I can on the heating side. So that's okay. So yeah, that's a um, good question. Thank you. You're welcome. If someone were to write a book about you, what would a good title be? I'm not sure what a title of a book would be for me. Um, hardworking individual, maybe. Um, I know I worked for several years um, actually building in the industry. I worked quite hard for, for several years trying to be um, as good as I could and, and do a good project for everyone. But that's a very good question. I don't know um, what a title would be for me. I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm sure my family would have something, but um, yeah, I'm not too sure. Can you tell us about a time when you felt unsure where you chose to participate anyway and gave your best effort? Are you, are you talking about work in general? Like when I guys, would it be when I'm working? Maybe. Maybe? Okay, um, there were times when I was younger, um, when it was so busy, um, I was kind of thrust into more of a foreman role, building homes, and, uh, and I was really, I was really uh, scared to, to fail, so I wouldn't really let others, others help me, but um, I realized real quickly that I needed to rely on the others to at least help me build a good product. So. That was one time I was really, really unsure of myself and I was really, I would say it was a stressful time because I wasn't sure if I was making right choices because I didn't have any, 
I felt like I didn't have any support, but I mean, I quickly learned that I needed to rely on others and if we talked it through, it would, it would be good. So that would probably be the one time. I, I was young then too, I'd have been 23 um, when I was kind of thrust into that role and that would have been before I had my journeyman certificate. So it was, it was quite, um, yeah, I would say, be quite stressful. Um, it felt like there was a lot put on my shoulders. I am going to ask Adrian to come up and ask his question. Um, what classes do you need to take in order to be a mobile home constructor? Um, right now, um, to be a constructor, um, you wouldn't really need to have a lot of um, classes. Um, I know taking carpentry in high school, it helped a lot um, with my knowledge. Um, when I was out of high school, I took um, the framing trade um, at Lakeland College in Vermilion, and there's a lot of um, good information there. Um, it gives you a lot of the actual home itself. Um, there are a lot of trades that are individualized. Um, so like there's electrical, there is plumbing. So like there's different sides that um, a person, if you're not in them, you need to ask lots of questions. Okay, I know myself, um, if, there, if I have a, a question when it comes to heating or electrical, I usually call our subtrades and, and get answers on that. So a lot of it is, is self-education. Um, you, you can gather a lot of knowledge by talking to others. But for, for my line of work, I don't need a, a class per se to do it. It's just, it's something I've loved from a young boy. Um, building and constructing things and then um, I do have my journeyman carpenter certificate um, so that I know helped with a lot um, working in the industry and building it hands-on you become very knowledgeable in that too so um, if you want to work on some bigger jobs I have friends that work on bigger jobs that you need certain certificates to work on that kind of stuff but in the mobile home line like like I'm in you really don't need a a certain class per se Thank you. you're welcome what makes someone an expert do you consider yourself an expert um, I consider myself an expert in in certain aspects of the home building industry for sure um, like I was just saying um, there's certain things that I still got to ask questions for electrical and heating are one um, when it comes to the framing and concrete and foundations, um, that aspect of things, I, I feel very knowledgeable and, and can answer most questions on that line. Um, insulation, drywalling, um, I'm pretty comfortable there. Interior finishing, um, it's when it comes to the, the plumbing, heating side, I'm not 100% knowledgeable. And same with moving our houses. Um, a lot of the moving is is dealt from an outer source um, just because they deal with a lot of um, government issues with getting permits, um, dealing with road bans, that kind of stuff. So I'm there's certain aspects of it I feel like I am a, an expert and certain aspects of it I'm still learning. But that's, I think, also what makes it somebody very good is they, they ask questions and they're, they listen and they take that and pass that information along. So that's very, very important. Has there been times that you felt discouraged in your job as a house builder? What 
made you want to keep on going in your job? Um, there's times um, now um, in the office, um, it seems like um, if, you, if a person sells two or three houses in a row, um, it, you get a lot of work piled up in. It's, it can be very overwhelming, but you just gotta know which ones to, are important. You can move along with quickly and, uh, and get going on them as fast as possible. You just try to, to know that um, at the end of the day, you can go home and relax. And that can be kind of hard for some people to turn work off. Um, there were times when I was framing um, you know that you you would get discouraged on on jobs because of weather and, and everything like that but you always knew that the next day would be better so you just you would uh, just go home and, and hope that the weather changed so there, there are different all kinds of different discouraging things that can happen in a in a house build so that's a very very good question um, and it's yeah it's it can be discouraging, but you can always remember that there's the next day is could be better. So, what do you think failure failure has to do with success? Also, when did you fail, and how did it help you? Um, a couple times. Um, there was a job I when I was still building houses. Um, in Wainwright, um, I installed a header for an overhead garage door, six inches too low. Um, that was quite discouraging. Um, that was on my behalf. I had uh, read the blueprints incorrectly, and we had to go down and fix it. Um, having to fix something that um, you did wrong, I, I believe that person that um, that did something wrong, I think they should have to go fix it, just because it's a very good learning experience for them. Um, cause if you have to fix something you did wrong, you, you never, you don't do it again. It's one of them things that it gets kind of ingrained in your brain. Uh, I know for me it was, it got engraved in my brain and I know that didn't happen again. It was just, it was a mental error on my part. I didn't, I forgot to look at a certain page on a blueprint. And, um, from that point on, when I was building garages, I made sure that it was done correctly. Um, always measure twice um, so that was that was a big thing um, when I moved into the office um, something I did wrong there right away was um, I'm in charge of um, constructing window drawings and then ordering windows so I um, I ordered four windows wrong for a um, kitchen nook and I just ordered them wrong uh, they were the wrong height by about a foot so I I spoke to the boss, he said mistakes happen, and uh, he uh, said just order the right ones up. So I ordered the correct ones. Um, the ones that were wrong, we did put them in a, in a spec home, so it wasn't like it cost the company any money. Um, however, I feel like if, if you do make a mistake, um, you should uh, fess up to it right away because um, your boss or whoever you made the mistake for will respect you more for that, I think, if you um, tell them right away, hey, I made a mistake, and just man up, tell them, and both the two of you together can come out and figure out a solution for that. So, And then both both times I, I felt I did that, and 
I think I gained respect from both bosses at that time. So, Tell us about someone who you looked up to when you were younger. Why did you look up to them? What did you learn from them? Um, my grandpa Lane, um, he was a wonderful man. He, um, he, had, he was born and raised on his home farm uh, between, uh, I guess, around Rutland, Saskatchewan. It's kind of a ghost town now, but um, yeah, he was, a, uh, he was an amazing man, very hardworking. Um, he would be up seven in the morning doing chores with the cattle and he would come in at 11 o'clock at night after cultivating all day or being in the shop or harvesting you wouldn't see him because they'd be out till one in the morning combining that kind of stuff just very hard working um he's a very caring individual i mean um he was always there to watch his grandchildren either myself or cousins um at sporting events um he was well liked in the community and i always looked up to him he was a very um knowledgeable man too um and i took a lot of what he taught me and i'm i put that in everyday life i am now going to open the floor for some questions from the class as you're coming up if you want an idea for a question if you don't have your own i have several here that you can choose from and then you can join the line remember make your way make your way that way please just line up that way. Um, hi. Hi. My name is Isaac. And um, what is your favorite shade? My favorite shade? Mm-hmm. Are you, I mean color? Yeah. Yeah? Um, red, I would say. Uh, I got a red truck. So I've had several red vehicles. So I would probably say red is, is definitely my favorite color. Cool. Um, so my name is Benjamin, and how long do you think it takes to finish all the framing for a house? The framing? Yes. Um, from the time we get our panels, because it's a panelized system, um, until the last spike is driven before the plumber can go in. Um, depending on the size of the house, if it's a thousand square foot house, that could take five to seven days. If it's a 2,000 square foot house, that could take uh, nine to 12 days. And weather has a lot to do with that too. If it's pouring rain out, I don't expect people to work in the rain. Or if it's 30 below, um, you guys don't expect to go for recess. We don't expect guys to work in that either because it's just very difficult on tools and people. So. Um, follow up question. So if the weather isn't right, do you just like not show up to work? Um, usually what guys will do, um, a framing company we have now they would probably just consult with their boss and then they would let our uh, site superintendent know that you know we're not gonna be in today because it looks like it's gonna rain all day um, if it's raining in the morning sometimes you'll go back at lunch because it's sunshine um, but usually in the winter time if you wake up and it's 45 below um, it's not gonna get warm so you just stay at home and rest on the couch okay, that's cool <laughs> hi I'm Mason and what's the biggest house you framed before the biggest house I framed um, when I was building a home, um, I think it was a, I actually did a group home that shipped to um, Maidstone and it was roughly 2,400 square feet. Um, it wasn't huge per se, 
um, with the roof and everything, but square footage-wise, that was probably the biggest. Um, however, I did build a ready-to-move home that shipped north of Manville that was right around the same size, and it was quite big with a high-pitched roof and everything. Um, it was probably one of my funnest jobs to do. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, hello, my name is Isaiah, and if you could merge two animals together, what would it be? <laughs> Mine is a rhino and a cheetah, and it's called the Cheetos. Cheeto? Uh, hmm. Well, that's a that's a unique question. Um, I I've always been really um, I like um, crocodiles, so probably a crocodile with a. Uh, Hmm. I don't know what uh, crocodile with a maybe a, a bird, some sort of bird, and uh, I don't know what the name for that would be, but no. uh, a flying gator would be quite cool. That'd be yeah. kind of lethal, but yeah, that'd be all right. That's okay, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. That's if you think of a name, um, you can let me know. Birdodile. There you go. Pterodile. Um, I'm Alex, and my question is. If you could move anywhere in the world, where would you move? I would move to Nelson, BC. Nelson, BC? Um, where would I go? I'd go somewhere warm. Um, I'm not a big fan of the cold anymore. Um, I'm not too sure exactly where. Um, I haven't traveled a lot in my life, but... Um, hmm. I've always, I've always liked Europe, but Europe's cold, but... Um, I've always been a big fan over there of uh, Eastern Europe, so maybe move over into that section uh, in my life. Um, that's a good question. Never really give it much thought. I've just been more worried about making sure everything here in my community in Lloyd is where I live now is I enjoy it here, so I haven't really given that much thought. Good question. Okay, thank you. Hi, I'm Blake, and Apple or Samsung? Apple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, uh, me Parker again. Hi. And this is my new question. Okay. What was the hardest house you framed? The hardest house I framed? Um, like hmm. you don't say like like where it is. You say like what year, what month. Well, no, there were so many. I framed a lot of houses. Um, um, it wasn't a house. Um, there was a. You guys probably know it was back in the early two thousands. Uh, right behind the mall, there's assisted living buildings there. Um, those were big projects to work on. Uh, I worked on them with a lot of people. Um, those would have been probably the hardest jobs that we, we had to work on. That might, yeah. that might have been tough. <laughs> yeah, they were. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Hey, hi, my name's Tristan. And you mentioned earlier that uh, something about three, three houses being sold in a row. Has that actually ever happened? Um, we have actually um, had three people come in and purchase a house in one week. And it can get very, um, it's almost like one of them you know is gonna be delayed because mm -hmm. the product wise, it, it kind of puts a log jam, like a bottleneck, you know, when you try to throw too much stuff in a, in a funnel yeah. and it takes too long to get through. That's kind of how it is, yeah. So it, it can be tough, but I mean, it has happened and it'll probably happen in the future. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Hello there. Hi. Uh, my name is Kane, and have you ever been a part of delivering a house? Um, house? I haven't been part of it, but I have watched them. Um, we actually sold a house just north of Lloyd, so I watched them move it onto a foundation. It is quite interesting. They, the movers parked the house beside the foundation, 
then they use big hydraulic jacks and they lift it up in the air. And then once it's in the air, they use a, another truck with a picker on it and they reach across the foundation. Kind of, they use chains underneath and they hook onto it. And then they use um, more beams and rollers and they roll it across um, the foundation. And then they move their big jacks in underneath and they lower the house down onto the foundation. So it, it's quite a unique process. Um, you don't want to be really anywhere near it because if there was any accidents that may happen, uh, it might squish you. So, <laughs> but I've never, I'm, they've never dropped the house or anything like that. They're very good at what they do. Thank you. So I have a follow-up question. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite sport? My favorite sport? Um, if, oh, I mean, well, what did you play as a kid? What did I play? I played a lot of ball, um, a lot of fastball. I still uh, play a lot of slow pitch with friends. Um, my passion is probably hockey, but I would have to say ball is, is number one, um, and hockey's a close second. Okay. A follow-up follow question. <laughs> um, what, is, I mean, Pepsi or Coke? Pepsi. Pepsi, yes. <laughs> uh, my name's Adrian. Hi. And what is the biggest house you've ever built? The biggest one I ever built um, was around a 2,400 square foot home. Uh, went north of Manville. Um, it actually had an uh, attached two-car garage on it. Um, yeah, it was quite a big, a big home. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome. How did wood chopping school help you with framing? Um, it helped me um, especially learn um, how to use the uh, saws. Um, in school, a lot of it is, um, I remember in grade 10, there was a lot of education on how to um, run a saw correctly, where your hands should be placed and everything. So that was good when I started framing, I, I knew that. Um, reading a tape measure, um, understanding blueprints, because in um, high school, we read a lot of blueprints. Um, I even took a drafting course, at grade 10 drafting. So. Um, taking that stuff, it kind of gave a guy a jump start into the industry when I when I started when I was 19. How does it still help you with your current job? Oh yeah, I every day I have to still look at blueprints. Um, today I was designing windows and I was going through blueprints today with that process. Um, so no, it still helps today for sure. Okay. Hi. Have you ever built a tiny home? A tiny home. Um, yes, we've built them. Well, I guess what is your, I, I guess a tiny home would be something small. So yeah, I've built uh, the smallest I built was like a 700 square foot structure. Wow. Um, had one bedroom, kitchen, living room. So yeah, it was quite small. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Tom. Hi. And what does framing mean? Framing means the frame of the house. So like a, a car sits on a car frame, right? Yeah. So a house, um, the frame um, consists of like wall studs, um, the outs, the exterior sheeting, the subfloor that your um, floor, flooring goes on, um, your staircase. Like when you walk up your stairs at home, there'll be a nice either hardwood, laminate, maybe carpet finish. Underneath that is just rough wood. You don't want to be walking on that. It's Yeah. Um, so that's what framing is. Um, it's kind of the guts of the job, right? And it's something that you never see unless you go in there during that stage, so. Right, thank you. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Creed, and what are the benefits of getting an RTM house compared to a on-site on build house? On-site build house? So um, that's a very good question, because an uh, RTM, a ready-to-move, um, we take out a lot of the process for the homeowners. When they come in and, and purchase a house from us, all they have to do from that point 
is just come back, pick product, um, do an electrical walkthrough and do a final walkthrough. So we take that burden of them having to find a lot of trades because we have uh, preferred trades that all work in Lloyd pretty much, come and do the job for them. And we have a site supervisor um, that works with coordinating them and I just have to coordinate the product there for them. So um, it takes a lot of headache off of people, then all they gotta worry about is their foundation. Um, and we're actually right now in the process of taking that burden off their hands too and looking at a turnkey um, where anywhere within 100 to 200 kilometers of Lloydminster or two, within 200 kilometers of Lloydminster, we would come and do the basement. We have a contractor that would do the basement for them and that too. So that would take some burden off of them for finding trades to do that. Um, when it was really busy, it was very hard to find uh, a skilled tradesman that would go out and do a foundation for people. And, um, you know, um, a ready, or not only a foundation, but the whole house for people. So a ready to move, um, they could come purchase a house through us and it would get built in a timely manner and shipped out to them, right? So it, it takes a lot of uh, burden off of a, off of a purchaser um, for not having to find all them trades to build their home. All right, so, thank you. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Andy. Hi. What's different about building an RTM house versus a house built on a site? Um, there's really no, when they leave our site, um, there's no plumbing hooked up in it. Um, all the plumbing is run, but um, it's all gonna be connected up underneath afterwards. Um, same with the heating. All of the heating, um, all your register vents are cut in the floor, your cold air returns are all put in. Um, all that's gotta be hooked up on site. So that's one of the big differences right there. So um, furthermore to the question earlier, um, then that's one thing that uh, a homeowner has to deal with on site once it moves is they have to get that plumbing and heating hooked up um, along with their electrical. Um, once all that's done too, then we come and do a, a service job on the house so that um, all the, any deficiencies are fixed. But that's the big difference right there um, is the plumbing and heating side isn't complete when they ship. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Hi, um, I'm Gavin. Hi. and. It, how many houses have you framed? Have I framed? Yeah. Um, I, that was a good question. I was asked that a few weeks ago and I would say I actually built uh, the ready to move homes um, for the company I'm working for now. Um, and I would have to say it's somewhere between 120 to 140 houses I probably framed when I was framing homes. We were, I was framing anywhere between um, 18 to 20 a year. So that's quite a few in the in the course of a calendar year. I have a follow-up question. Yeah. Is there any other jobs you consider doing instead of this one? Um, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I did consider um, I did consider getting into finishing, where that's more of the interior stuff, hanging the doors, um, the cabinets, that kind of stuff. Because in the industry, there's a lot of different um, ways you can go framing. Um, you can go with electrical, uh, plumbing. So it. Yeah, finishing. I loved building things. Um, it was kind of always one of the things I wanted to do. Um, another thing that I'd, I was a passion of mine when I was younger was farming because my whole family farmed. Um, I just never got into it. So. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Hello, it is Benjamin again. And um, what is your favorite food? Um, I, I make a rice concoction, my wife calls it. Um, it's uh, meat, uh, scrambled eggs, there's mushrooms, there's rice, um, a few other things are all put into it. So that's kind of my favorite dish, yeah. Uh, I like lobster too, I like going to Red Lobster, so yeah. <laughs>
Hey, it's Blakeyan, and I have a name for like your animal. Pardon? I have a name for like the animal thing. Okay. Death. Death. Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> and I also have a follow-up question. Um, PS4 or Xbox? Um, neither. I'm not that much into video games now. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I was when I was younger. Um, I was a PlayStation guy when I was younger, so I'd probably have to say it'd still be PlayStation. Oh, yeah. Hi, uh, what does RTM stand for and what does it mean? And what does it mean? Yeah. Uh, RTM stands for ready to move. So it means ready to move homes. So we can, like right now we have spec model homes. So if somebody came in and wanted a, a quick possession house, um, they just have to get their foundation is, in. And that means it's it's ready to move. It's ready to ready to go. It's all complete. Um, you just got to move it onto a foundation, hook everything up, and it's you're ready to live in it. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, it's Parker for probably the third time. <laughs> my last That's time. okay. <laughs> and this is like a follow-up on my last one. <clears throat> what was the easiest how you, how's your phrase? Oh, uh, none of them are easy. There's always, there's always a hiccup. Um, there's always heavy lifting. There's always, um, you know, there's some that are easier than others, and usually the easier ones were the ones that, because um, there are models that are similar, and if you build them a few times, they become easier, but there's always hiccups along the way, so it's never easy, but um, the smaller ones were usually more of a headache. The bigger ones were more longer and grueling. It was the medium-sized ones that were the best ones to work on. And they're probably the easiest. Yeah. That's always me. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, thank you. You're welcome. It's Alex right, again. And my question is Marvel or DC? Oh, easy. Okay. Uh, I'd have to say DC. Yeah. Hi, I'm Mason. And what was your favorite thing to do as a kid? To do as a kid? Yeah. Um, I uh, I loved riding my bike. Um, where we lived, there were a lot of a lot of paths around there, and I loved riding around there. Um, I loved going to the farm um, when I could. Um, hunted a lot of gophers. Um, loved doing that. Loved riding uh, the trike at that time. It's a three wheel quad. Um, <laughs> um, so I enjoyed doing a lot of that. Um, enjoyed going out camping with family. So I enjoyed doing a lot of that stuff when I was a kid, playing ball in the summer. So. Follow-up question, where do you get all your supplies from for the houses, like all our, heating and stuff? All our heating supplies are provided um, through Lloydminster Plumbing and Heating. Um, they get them through Wosley and Emco here in Lloyd. Um, electrical, I'm not too sure where they get their supplies. Um, all our lumber. Um, is more or less um, through the Nelson Lumber Retail Store. Um, they're another division off of us. Um, windows, uh, we can get from four different suppliers. Our main supplier is Plygem um, out of Edmonton. The windows are manufactured in Calgary. Um, kitchen cabinets, they come from Kitchencraft in Winnipeg. Um, so yeah, they, uh, we got suppliers all over Western Canada that we, we pull from. It's me, Adrian, again. And what is your what was your favorite movie when you were a kid? My favorite movie, Back to the Future, yes. with uh, Marty McFly. I, I always enjoyed that movie. Yeah, all three of them, too, the trilogy. Hi, I'm Ella. So, why is the company called Nelson? Nelson? Yeah. 
Um, Ray Nelson um, and his brother, I believe it was Austin, uh, established the company back in 1949 here in Lloydminster. Um, many of you may not remember, um, some of you might. Um, the store actually used to be located there where original Joe's, Little Caesars, um, what's the other one, Burger King, that's where the store used to be. They owned all that land there um, and they built, um, started building manufactured homes I think in the mid 60s and started shipping them across Western Canada. Um, the home on my grandparents' homestead, uh, it's a Nelson home. Um, my uncle, he has a Nelson home. Um, so they're all over Western Canada, um, but Ray Nelson was the driving force. Um, he really um, spearheaded that and uh, a lot of the values that he instilled in this company or the company at a young age and in the early years are still there today. Um, a lot of them values are quite important to the company and and we all adhere to them today. So yeah. yeah and the follow-up question, so did you ever meet them? Did I ever meet Ray Nelson? Um, no, I did not. Um, Austin, I think, had, had passed away um, earlier. Um, Ray, I never met Ray. Um, several people um, to this day that I still work with did meet him. Um, however, I wasn't lucky enough to meet him. Um, he was still alive when I was framing, but he had kind of gotten out of the day-to-day -day operations. He had uh, sold off to shareholders in the company. Um, but no, he, I heard he was a, a wonderful man. Um, he knew everyone that worked for his company by name. He knew their spouses, he knew their children. Uh, yeah, it was a, a family first company. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for coming, Craig Lane. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. We learned a lot about you and house construction. Thank you to my classmates for the questions. And thank you, listeners. Have a great day. Stay tuned for the next episode. We'd love to hear from you. Send your questions, show ideas, or any other feedback to talkingtoexperts at gmail.com.